little bit? Maybe. Turn to face God in a slightly different way than you normally do. It's, and I know I repeat myself every so often about this, it's amazing what just a little change in position, whether you normally sit when you pray or stand when you pray or kneel when you pray, just change it up a little bit. Change your position towards God, and he will match you. Heavenly Father, I thank you for this morning. Despite all the hardship, all the pain, Because I know, I know you've come to take all of that away. That there isn't a single thing that I felt, that any of us have felt, that you haven't. Lord, I thank you. I thank you for the hope that this season brings. Even amidst hopelessness, Something as sweet and innocent and and perfect <laughs> as a child comes to be our hope, comes to be our peace, comes to be our joy. to be our love. So I pray. I pray that we remember that. I pray that we see that again, even amongst the hard times. Not to overshadow it, to change its meaning. I pray this morning as we go into a time of worship through your words that you've given Judy this morning, Lord. I pray. I pray we hear them not just in our minds, not just through our ears, but in our hearts, that we hear your words and they change us.
just like the coming of Jesus changed the entire world and the direction it was on, that your words would change our entire world and the direction that we are on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Good morning, everybody. Good to see everybody in God's house this morning. Uh, whether you're a regular attender or a visitor, it's always uh, special to see all those smiling faces. A couple of announcements we wanted to share with you. Um, we are having an ornament exchange and a lunch. Uh, the church is, has brought the, uh, the sandwiches, and there's all kinds of stuff made with sugar, like we asked. So... Uh, if you didn't bring anything, we, there's plenty. I can tell just by what I'm seeing out there right now. So we'll hope that you'll stay. Um, we're also doing an ornament exchange. So if you brought an ornament to exchange, then you get to play. But, uh, but we'll do that after we eat as well. Um, we're also wrapping up a few things today. One is the collection for toys uh, for the Clinton County Christmas Bureau. So those will, uh, will be delivered to them probably tomorrow. Um, so we thank you for bringing in the toys. I know that that'll, that'll be a big help. We're also wrapping up. We'd been collecting uh, Christmas cards in the back. We had folders we'd mentioned for, I think we have everybody there, but uh, we've been adding kind of every week to make sure. But we'll be giving those out. So while I hope you, do, while I hope you stay for lunch, if you don't, we want to make sure that we get those cards to you today um, before you leave. So... Uh, let's see, uh, we have one more uh, week of our Advent study on Wednesday. That'll be the last of that one. So we'll hope that you can um, show up for that if you have time. We know it's certainly a busy season and a lot of things going on. Uh, we also thank you for your offerings, uh, your faithful giving every week. We couldn't do what we do here without, without your contributions. So we thank you for that. Um, Judy is going to be bringing our message today, but before she does that, my lovely wife is going to come up. Oh, yeah, and we're doing the Advent reading. <laughs> she just finished slipping, slurping her coffee, so. Yo, you're welcome. Called you right out. 
Love. Love. This overused and misunderstood word has been under scrutiny for centuries. Poets and preachers, thinkers and teachers have dissected love in all its original forms, yet even much or even with so much uh, etymology and linguistic understanding, love is still a difficult concept. Loving well is hard. Receiving love, especially with a past full of hurt, can also be hard, yet Christ wants to teach us about his love. What is love? According to the Bible, in one word, incarnation. When Jesus was born of a virgin, God took on human flesh for the purpose of dying the final death, to redeem humanity and all of the created order from the grip and consequences of sin, death, and hell. This is love in its truest, highest, and purest form. God loves the people he created so much, he sent his son, Jesus, to die so that we could live. Today marks the fourth week of Advent, a season recognized by the church around the world as a time to prepare our hearts and lives to welcome the coming of Jesus Christ at Christmas. We track this season by engaging in several rhythms, one of them being to light candles, one for each week leading up to Christmas Day. Today we light the fourth candle traditionally called the candle of love. With this candle, we symbolize the love of Christ as demonstrated through his incarnation, his birth, life, death, and resurrection. For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. God sent his son into the world not to judge the world but to save the world through him. And that's John 3:16 and 17. Christ's mission of redemption is fulfilled through becoming a baby at Christmas, Romans 5, 1 through 8. In the incarnation of Jesus Christ, the hope of Christ symbolized by the first candle of Advent transitions to the love of Christ symbolized by the second candle we uh, light today. Our hope is no longer an abstract concept, but an actualized and concrete through Christ. God's love becomes tangible because of Jesus. Receive his love today in your hearts. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the redemption and love we can experience through Jesus. We surrender ourselves to you today and ask that you would do amazing things in our hearts, minds, and lives. We thank you for your love and grace, and we ask that you would teach us how to walk in obedience to you by your Holy Spirit. Amen. God is good, isn't he? God is good. I hope you don't mind if I take a moment to share a Christmas miracle with you. Um, real life Christmas miracle, but we still need another part of the miracle. Rudy's son, Barry, has been stationed over in Kuwait with the military. 
Earlier this week, they flew him out of Kuwait. He made it to Connecticut. And there he sat in the plane on the tarmac for hours and hours and hours. The amazing thing was he was supposed to fly to Texas to Fort Hood. While he was sitting on the tarmac in Connecticut, tornadoes were raging in Texas. Barry was where he was safe. Praise the Lord. He is now in Texas waiting to be reunited with his family in North Carolina before Christmas. So we would ask that you would join us in praying for another Christmas miracle for this family. He's been gone not quite a year, I believe. In fact, he's back earlier than he was supposed to be back. But just God has watched over him every step of the way. But please pray that that reunion would take place as planned before Christmas. God is good, isn't he? God is good. Let's pray before we turn to his word. Heavenly Father, we thank you today for your love for us, for your goodness to us, for the way that you take care of us. And we do pray for a miracle for Barry and Denise and that family, that they would indeed be reunited for Christmas. But we thank you for your safety there. But we also know that there are people throughout this congregation carrying heavy burdens right now for their own family members. And right now, as a congregation, we lift these all up to you. Ask that you would meet needs, comfort hearts, show love, work in a mighty, powerful way in those that we love. And we thank you and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. My sermon this morning is called God-Sized Love. And the basis is what Jim and Debbie just shared, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have eternal life. Many years ago, when I was still in high school, and I'll tell you that was many years ago, came across a story called The Gift of the Magi by O. Henry. And it was about a young couple, they were in their early 20s, they wanted to give each other something very special for Christmas. And we do that, don't we? We want to give those we love something very special, something that is meaningful, something that will be a blessing to them. But they were poor. Even though they worked hard, they were poor, they didn't have a lot of money. And finally, the wife one day decided the most beautiful possession she had was her long, long, gorgeous hair. And so on the spur of the moment, she went to a hairdresser and said, you buy hair, right? Can you cut off my hair? Pay me for it so I can get a gift for my husband for Christmas. And they cut it off. And she went, her husband's main prized possession was a pocket watch. And we don't see those much anymore, do we? We don't see those pocket watches, but she wanted to get a special chain for him for his pocket watch. So after she got her hair cut, she took the money and went and got a pocket watch, a chain for it. Unbeknownst to her, while he was on break, he went and sold his pocket watch so that he could buy her a gorgeous ornament for her hair. And when they finally shared gifts on Christmas Day, they kind of looked at each other and laughed. They gave sacrificially so that the other one would have something for Christmas. 
Love is sacrificial, isn't it? Love is sacrificial. Back in 2015, when Rudy and I were getting ready to celebrate our 21st wedding anniversary, and that was a few years ago, we're beyond that now, but he did something very special for me for our anniversary. He had worked for Garen's Toyota for many, many years, and he, on many occasions, received awards for his exemplary work with Toyota, and one of the awards that he got was a gorgeous, gorgeous gold ring with a huge ruby in the center with a diamond. And that year for our anniversary, he took that ring to a local jeweler and said, can you make a cross pin out of this? They melted down the gold, put the ruby dead center in the middle, and put the diamond on top. What a sacrificial gift of love. Love gives. Love sacrifices for the one it loves. As we come to this third Sunday in Advent, our theme is love. Not a couple's love for each other, but God's love for us. The true picture of Christmas is about God's wonderful and amazing love for us. How much did God love us? How much did God love us? That love can be summed up in the passage of scripture that we just read. For God so loved the world that he gave, he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. God's love for us. Let's look at another passage of scripture, 1 John 4 verses 7 through 12. 1 John 4, 7 through 12. Dear friends, let us love one another, for love comes from where? It comes from God, doesn't it? Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us, and his love is made complete in us. What is the source of true and genuine love? It's God, isn't it? It's God. And until we know him, and until we know how much he loved us, we don't have a clue what real love is all about. We are to love one another just as God has loved us. Love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God because God is love. And the greatest display of love 
was God sending his one and only son. He didn't have a lot to choose from, did he? He had one son. And he willingly, lovingly, sacrificially sent that son. He came as a baby, born in Bethlehem, didn't he? He came as a baby, lived as a man, went to the cross for our sins and for our salvation. That's love. That's love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world. Why? That we might live through him. This is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. That he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. I had somebody say to me the other day, why would God do such a thing as this? Why would he allow his son to come to be wrongly accused, to be nailed to a cross? Why? Why? I guess I can be summed up in one word, can't it? Love. God's love for us. God's love for us. And that's God-sized love, isn't it? We would do a lot for the ones that we love. And I've heard of some sacrifices that people have made for those that they love. Even offering an organ for donation to help extend one's life but to totally give one's life, that is love. Think with me for a moment. God allowed his precious son to be born of a virgin, to be born of human flesh, to become like us in every way. He allowed his own son to live among us and to show us God's love and compassion as he walked this earth as he healed the sick, as he set free those who were held captive by evil spirits, as he raised the dead, God allowed his own son to teach wonderful, wonderful heavenly truths, truths that had not yet been taught, lessons unheard before. God sent his son to show his power through many, many miracles. He allowed his son, his precious son, to be rejected, to be ridiculed, to be tortured, to be put to death on a wooden cross for crimes he had never committed. He allowed his son to experience a death that he never should have experienced. out of love for us, out of love for us. And then he gloriously raised his son to life and opened the door for his return to heaven where he sits at the right hand of the throne of God. He allowed his son to experience all of these things in order to give to all who believe in him the greatest gifts of all the gift of forgiveness, the gift of salvation, the gift of eternal life. 
Now that's love, isn't it? Now that is love. And that love is absolutely amazing. And that is indeed God-sized love. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As great as that love is, we have to respond, don't we? We have to respond. If I were to give you a gift, this gift would only be yours as you took it and accepted it and received it from me. But if you walked away and said, no, I don't, I don't want to bother today. I'm not interested. You know what? That gift will never be yours. For those of us who have received God's gift of love, it's wonderful and it's amazing, isn't it? But there are many people who have just decided to just walk away. God gives us a choice. God gives us each a choice. Our choice is to accept it or to reject it. But it's only as we accept that gift and receive it for ourselves that we know the wonder and the glory and the blessing of God's great and wonderful love. My prayer is this third Sunday in Advent, or this fourth Sunday in Advent, this Sunday before Christmas, this has been a crazy week. <laughs> this has been a crazy week. We went most of yesterday without power. So, But God gives us the choice to accept his love. But you know what? Christmas isn't just about God's love for us. I need to throw this in there, and I wish I didn't have to. Christmas is about our love for one another. We are living in a world like I never thought I would be living in. To see people treating people the way they treat people is unheard of. There is a lot of love, but there's a lot that does not, is not marked with love. If we have accepted God's love for us, then we must live out that love in our relationships with one another. 1 John 4.11 says, Dear friends, since God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. As those who know God's love, we have an obligation to pass that on, don't we? We need to pass that on to one another. We are living in a world that is hungry for love. We are living in a world that is desperate for people to care for one another. Some people have asked me, where's your son today? He's out taking care of his customers so that they can be safe through this storm. Love doesn't just take, love gives. Love gives. We are to love one another. How are we to love one another? How are we to show God's love to those around us? I'm going to throw out a couple of passages, just passages of Scripture. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. 1 John 3, 16 through 18. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need, but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? 
Dear children, let us, put, let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Wow. This is how we know what love is. It's lived out in everyday life, isn't it? Love is sacrificial. It's willing to lay down one's life for another. It's willing to give, to share, to help, to sacrifice for one another. Love also shares out of the abundance of one's possession or one's possessions. A few days ago, we paused to remember my mother's birthday. My mother's birthday would have been December 14th. December 14th, 2006, we celebrated her birthday, went out shopping. Two days later, I got that dreaded phone call. Early, early in the morning, your mother is dead. One thing I remember about my mother is her giving heart. It's her giving heart. Even in her last days when she had lost most of her eyesight, she was blind in one eye and could not see much out of the other, she spent her days making hats, making mittens, making baby blankets, making baby sweater sets to give to those in need. We had one family who the young lady got pregnant out of wedlock, and my mother said, you know what? I don't care. She's still getting a baby sweater set from me. That's love. Love uses one's talents, one's abilities, one's possessions to help other people and to bless other people. Not to get attention, not to get praise, not to get ad adoration, but to share love. Love shares, love gives. And love isn't just a matter of saying the right words. Anybody can say the right words. But are they living what they are saying? Are we living what we are saying? Love isn't just a matter of saying the right words. It involves action, and it involves truth. It involves doing what will help one another, what will build up one another, what will be a blessing to one another. I hope that makes sense this morning. We're focusing on God's love for us, but that love has to be lived out through us. We also have... 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is shown in the way that we treat other people. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects always trust, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Love is giving, but love is also evident in the way we treat others, no matter how we've been treated. I mean, some people are easy to love. Some people are really easy to love. But then it seems like we all have somebody in our lives that's not quite so easy to love. But love does not depend on what somebody else does. It depends on the love that God has put in our hearts. Sometimes it's challenging, isn't it? Sometimes it's challenging. 
but God's love in us reaches out, shares with others, and treats others right, treats others the way that we would want to be treated. Wow, there's a lot in here. This would be a whole nother sermon, a whole nother sermon series. We're not going there. But the challenge for us this Sunday before Christmas is to accept God's love for us, to let God love us, to let God minister to our hearts, but to also to become a vessel that God can use to reach a hurting world for him. God wants us to know his love, but he also wants us to share that love with others. It only takes a minute to hold the door open for somebody, to share a smile, to extend a kind word, to uplift the spirits of that cashier that just got chewed out by the previous customer. It only takes a moment to make a difference. This Advent season, God is calling us to accept his love, but he's also challenging us to be people through whom this world can know his love. God is good, isn't he? God is good. As the worship team comes forward, let me just wrap up here. My prayer this Advent season is that you will open your heart to him and receive the most wonderful gift of all. My prayer is that we will all be people who know God's love in a powerful, life-changing way. My prayer and God's desire is that we will also let God's love flow through us to touch others and impact others with the love of Jesus Christ. As we close with this song today, let's examine ourselves to be sure that our attitudes, our words, our actions are in keeping with God's expectations for us as his children. And I pray today, if you don't yet know God's love for you, I will gladly talk with you and pray with you afterwards. But if the Lord has also been speaking to you a heart about somebody that you need to reach out to in genuine love, that God would give you the courage and the power to do it. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking to our hearts this morning. You know us and you know exactly what we need. Come, Holy Spirit. Help us to know your love in even greater measure. But Lord, open our hearts to be instruments through whom you can love others. Bless us in these closing moments. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.